Welcome to the Crushing Cashflow Podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and dozens of decades of wisdom from investors and entrepreneurs of all types and all stages of their journeys. We'll cover many forms of cash flowing assets, such as real estate, stock investing, entrepreneurship, and general finance guidance. Listen in and learn from those who are crushing it out there, as well as those who have been crushed by business or their investments. Now, here's your host, Andrew Shutsky. Welcome back to Crushing Cashflow. Today's guest, really, really special one today. So she's a real estate investor and co-founder of Bonavest Capital. And her focus is in investing in multifamily syndications, both actively and passively. She's also the co-host of an everyday weekday podcast, How Do They Do It? Where they've interviewed over 440 real estate experts. That in itself is a massive accomplishment. In addition to investing and running a five-day-a-week podcast, she's also a full-time W-2 professional, so working that 40, 50-plus-hour work week, and a mom of two. This is seriously impressive. There's lots and lots of listeners out there, male or female, mom or dad, doesn't matter. They can really relate to your story. Welcome to, a big welcome to Eileen Prack. Welcome to the show, Eileen. Hey, thanks for having me, Andrew. Awesome. So let's dig right in. You know, first thing in everybody's mom is how the heck are you pulling this off? What would you say? <laughs> the mom's listening or say, I don't believe this. How are you doing it all? It takes a lot of time. It does. And yeah. it takes a lot of energy for sure. But what I found is we found our why and why we're doing what we're doing. First of all, the W-2 job pays the bill. It's been able to support us. It's fantastic. We love what we're doing. However, what we found as parents is we wanted to take control over our finances and be able to control that aspect of it as well. So we looked for different ways to create passive income for ourselves and at the same time, educate ourselves in that space. And so when we focus on why we're doing it, and be able to take that control over and to have some type of impact on where our finances are coming for, from in case something happens to our W-2 job, yeah. we're protected from their family side of things. We know income is coming. Real estate, we like it because it's stable. We are able to force the appreciation within the multifamily space. And so for us, it was all about why are we doing this? It's for our family, for protection. You know, we see a path to being able to get to a place where we'll have enough passive income that outperforms our active income. And then at that point, you're financially free. And so that motivates us and drives us and gives us the energy to be able to do that. And I have the two little kids myself. And so it's like, I see what I what kind of life I want to give to them also yeah. and what are the things I want to provide to them. And so I focus on that and find time in my day to be able to do all of that. Oh my God. So let's dig in a little further. I mean, there's a lot out there that have heard the Simon Sinek stories, have read his books. They, they know all about why. How did you go about finding your why? I mean, that, that's part of what a lot of listeners are like, okay, I get it. What does that mean? How did you, how did you start that journey? How did you fine tune it? Did you do it on your own? Tell us about that. So it was me and my husband, we do all this together. We're partners and everything. And so it's really important for us that, you know, as husband and wife, we're on the same page and that we are on the same wavelength as well. And so really when I became pregnant with our first son, that was really the moment when we we're like, we need to step this up now because yeah. now it's not just yeah. the two of us. 
Now we have another little person who is solely 100% dependent on us and our success to be able to provide provide him the life that we want to be able to give to him, that he has enough food, he has enough clothes on his back, he's able to do the things that he wants to be able to do. We're able to provide for him. So that need and drive came from when we became parents ourselves and we really got serious and buckled down and started looking at all the different ways that we can create passive income. And it just started to evolve and snowball from there. Did you use any tools or techniques? I mean, some use vision boards or whiteboarding techniques or they go to a seminar and they draw this stuff up. You know, what did that look like? What tools did you use to kind of fine tune this? So originally it was, it all started, you know, like over time, it just evolves. I don't have the perfect system of how, (laughs) but (laughs) it, it started all with like, you know, just writing everything down, you know, Back then, I before we had our son, I always had a you know goal setting, and so I would write down like I would actually physically write down in my journal like this is what I would accomplish by this right. age, and then I would work towards those goals. Doesn't matter how I did it, and I was able to like cross them off as I did it. But over time, it's like now we have all these things in our lives. We have our kids. We have the W twos. How do we keep it all organized? And for us. Our biggest tool that we've been able to use might sound kind of silly, but it's the calendar. It's our yeah, our calendar, yeah. Calendly. That has been the biggest saver because there's so many things going on that I can't remember all the events, like things that are happening, doctor's appointments, other types of appointments. And so everything has to go on the calendar. And then we fill out, you know, in the calendar where are those times where we have we can focus on different things like the podcasting, you yeah. know, the, working the W twos in between maybe lunch hours before the kids wake up or something like that. We can see those blocks and times like visually on our calendar and be able to fill it up. Now the million dollar question, and we all go through, you know, rough days, rough weeks, months, whatever it is. The baby's up crying all night. You're sick just don't feel like getting after it. What's your magic bullet to keep yourself on track, to motivate yourself? What's your go-to? I think a lot of times when we get to that point, it's like you're burnt out. Just like you said, like you don't want to do anything. Yeah. Like, But what I found is that you have to be able to give yourself some space for grace also. You have to be able to let yourself have some of those days because yeah. if you just try to suppress it down, I think it's a compounding effect. Just like when we see our money, it's a compounding effect. You're just going to add on that tiredness, that weariness, that burnt out mentality. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I let myself, when I wake up and I feel that way, I let myself wallow in whatever feeling I am for that day. Don't try then, to fight it, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, just, yeah. I, just, yeah. I just don't. I'm just like, okay, I'm giving myself today just to like, you know, maybe veg out, not do anything, just relax, take some time for myself. And then the next day I'll get back into it. Yeah. And sometimes it lasts, I'll be honest, for me, it lasts sometimes more than a day. Sometimes it's okay to embrace that. And you talk to any successful individual, they don't, they're not firing every cylinder seven out of seven seven days or 30 days a month. It's important to just kind of let your like let yourself feel what you're feeling, you know, give yourself a day, a week to recover, but just kind of keep your eyes on the prize. That's just sharing my experience there too. Yeah. I think we ourselves are the most harshest critics and the harshest yeah. people to ourselves. And so sometimes we have to kind of take a step back and and think like, you know, celebrate in some of our successes instead of looking at things that we haven't been able to accomplish yet. 
Yeah, absolutely. What role does, I'll say, you know, having a support structure or support system around you play in your success, whether it's your family or friends or, or groups uh, of, you know, like-minded individuals, how does that play effect into everything you've done so far? That is, I would say, the biggest factor of all, because without the support of like my husband, the support of my family members, the community that we've surrounded ourselves with, none of this would have been possible because we would just be doing the same things as what we were doing before, right? We would just be, you know, maybe just doing one thing and not really pushing ourselves to our fullest capacity. We weren't maybe not looking at life and maybe seeing possibilities out there. And to be able to do all of that, you have to have that support system. Like sometimes me and my husband have to go traveling to a conference or we need to go fly out to go see a property. You know, our family members step right in and they help watch the kids when we need it the most. And so without that support system, it's it's really difficult to do everything on your own. Understatement of the year. I mean, <laughs> I've been there, you've been there. And I just, you know, I think that's my one takeaway of, of my last couple of years is, you know, starting out people that are go-getters or type A's, you want to just dive right in and do everything. And it's a quick way to burn yourself out without support system behind you, people being able to lean in on tasks with you or just support you physically, emotionally, whatever it may be. Yep. Totally agree. So let me just dive into the investing side of things. You know, what, what was your why behind multifamily? Why not? industrial? Why not office space? Why not residential single family for you guys? So we actually did start in residential single family. We did a couple of them outside of California when we first got started with real estate, because first of all, that's what we most understood. That's just a typical model. You know, People buy houses all the time. And so we're like, oh, well, if we can buy our own house, we can buy one to rent it out. But when we looked at it a little bit more and we looked at the model and we're like, okay, we have to do the calculations. How much passive income or how much income do I need to make from these single family homes? And how many times do I have to do it in order to surpass my active income, mm -hmm. my W-2 work, you know, from the real estate side of things? And when we calculated, it was like quite a number. So we're making a plans of how we can achieve it. And then we started talking to other people. And the more and more we talked to people, we came across syndications and multifamilies and we're like, oh, this model seems like it would be a very, it matches what we're looking to do. The scalability is there. The efficiency is there. It really is in line with what we were trying to achieve. And so for us, we were able to make that pivot before we got too deep into the single family side. And what that's all we focus on now is just the, the commercial real estate. I love it. So next one. There's a lot going on economically, politically, you know, we're, you know, better part, better half of second half of 2022 right now is now a good time to invest. Should we sit on the sidelines? Should we wait? Should we wait for the economy to, to rebound back or do we dive in and continue to look for opportunities? What's your opinion there? I think there's always going to be opportunities at all different types of cycles. You just got to keep flipping maybe more cards than you were before to find those yeah. right deals. We're still moving forward. We're still looking and searching and hunting for those right deals. But you know, as you're looking for them, you just got to put in some additional contingencies. You know, got to bake in some more risk factors into your underwriting. And as you're looking for these different types of deals, in case something were to happen down the road, right? You're always trying to protect yeah. ourselves and mitigate those risks. But I think for all of us, you know, we are a little bit nervous because we don't know what's going to happen. But at the same time, it shouldn't stop us from looking and turning over more and more cards to find those right deals because you can find them 
anywhere. It just takes a little bit more time. What's your go-to method for finding deals? Or maybe there's more than one, but would you be willing to share? How are you finding deals? Where have you had success? Where have you not had success? I think more importantly as well. The biggest place that I've found success is actually from deals is actually through the podcast. Hmm. Because we know, like you mentioned, we do five days a week podcasts. So I'm yeah. networking constantly with oh, everybody. Yeah. And so from there, we're able to make and meet all different types of people. And so from there, we've also built relationships, partners, people in different markets as well. So we've built up our relationships with those people. And then from there, we've been able to find most of our deals actually through partnerships. And they've all been through the relationships we've built through the podcast. It's interesting, I guess, from one podcast host to another, like when you start out, like starting a podcast, whatever your reason may be, you find that there's a lot of other benefits, maybe not related to what you had in mind. And I think the networking has been huge yes. for, for myself too. That kind of a, I didn't intend for it to be so powerful, but I don't do it anywhere near as often as you do. What's been your take, biggest takeaway after 400, maybe 500 episodes? I don't know how dated this intro is now. <laughs> and you're doing it daily, 400 plus. I mean, what's your biggest takeaway from, from running the show so far? Yeah. Well, we're coming up on our 500th episode here wow. in, uh, next week or so. So awesome. I'm super excited about that. But yeah, no, definitely the biggest takeaway is the relationships and the networking aspect of it. You know, we started off thinking that, hey, we're just going to interview people, bring people on, learn, educate ourselves, you know, maybe make a couple of connections here and there, you know, but I didn't expect it to grow as much as we had at this point in time. And so that has been huge. Is meeting people through the podcast that you might not otherwise have been able to meet otherwise. And people start reaching out to you also. And then from there, we go to a conference now and people are like, oh, hey, I've, I've seen your podcast or I've heard you on the podcast or something like that. Yeah. And so that that has been a really interesting thing that's been happening to us. We're going to different places and then people are like, oh, I've heard yeah. about you or I've seen you. I'm like, oh, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> I had the same experience back at the best ever conference back in, in February. It was people you run into people who you either hosted, you've been on a guest on the show. It's just amazing that the connections you make. Yes. And then you've never met them in person, but then you feel like, Hey, I've I know you. Seen, I know, I know you. I know you too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like local star or celebrity status, right? Within a, within a tight knit community, at least. Yes. Cool. What would you, you know, for a lot of the working moms, like, they're grinding, hustling out there. What would you tell them that you might've told yourself five or 10 years ago that, Hey, I wish I had that advice. Don't limit yourself and don't contain yourself inside a box. You know, you can actually do more and more things and you can actually push yourselves a little bit more if that's what you decide to choose, but don't let your environment or what your situation is just hold you back because you feel like you can't do it. You can do it if you really try and you want to, and you really, really find that why and why you want to do it, but don't let your limiting beliefs hold you back from trying something out that you've always wanted to do. Like the podcasting thing for me, for example, yeah. for I think half a year, I was playing around with the idea. I was like, oh, I love listening to a podcast. I think I could start one. I think it would be a great platform for me, but I don't know. I don't know who would listen to me. I don't know who would come onto my show. Right. And I just had this mental block for myself thinking like, nobody's going to want to listen. I'm not going to get any guests. I'm going to be awful at it. So I had all these limiting beliefs on myself. But once I got past that and thought to myself, hey, if I never try this, I'm always going to look back and regret like I should have just started. I should have just done that. So instead of doing that, just, you know, what's the worst that could happen? 
nobody listens to me. <laughs> nobody listens. But what's the best thing that could happen? I could build a network. I could potentially meet other people. And so I was like, I won't know unless I try. And I don't want to regret not trying. You nailed it. And that that's one common theme we hear at mastermind groups or a lot of books we read or podcasts is the idea behind limiting beliefs. And I can't agree with you anymore, any more strongly. So, so powerful there. On the education side, you know, how did you educate yourself? And again, fairly new to the multifamily space, got into real estate investing pretty rapidly. What's your go-to way to learn or a recommendation for others to learn quickly? So the podcasting space has always been the biggest platform for us to build up Spencing our education a theme base. here around the podcast. Yes. <laughs> the podcast is the start of everything. <laughs> but yes, the podcasting has been tremendous in learning because it's just free education and you listen to the people and you listen to stories. And for us as people, I find that we learn the best when we're listening through other people's stories through storytelling. The other ways are, you know, reading books that are out there on multifamily commercial real estate or whatever topic that you're interested in it. And then the other final piece of it is also coaching or mastermind being part of that community really sped up the education as well to be able to, you know, leverage off of, an experienced person's knowledge yeah. and will take you there that much faster. Do you have a go-to book recommendation or maybe two? Maybe it doesn't have to be multifamily related, can be a mindset book uh, or something you're reading right now. What's on your mind? So I would say if we're looking for active investments, the best one that I would always go to first that really got us started and is a walkthrough is Joe Farrell's best ever real estate syndication, yeah. uh, real estate apartment investing book. That one I would highly recommend. And then if you're a passive investor, The Hands-Off Investor by Brian Burke, that one oh, is yeah. also a fantastic one. They're, they're, actually, they're my top one for you <laughs> as well. So uh, no shocker there. And you're welcome, Joe and Brian, for two more, five more <laughs> book sales, whatever, whatever comes of this right now. So yeah, no, I couldn't agree. I mean, Joe's book is like a Bible. It's it's probably more information than most want to know and same for Brian's, but it's I, I kind of read that. And actually, I like Brian's book too, even for an active investor, kind yes. of the mindset of how to be a good sponsor, right? What, what should mm -hmm. I be doing? Well, what should I not do? You know, right? Be late on my K1s, like oh, whatever it may be. It's almost a checklist of things to do to be a good sponsor. So that's where I really like that one. Right. What about on the non-real estate side? I don't maybe we're we're so engrossed in real estate and investing. You know, do you have a go-to book or recommendation for something outside? If people are burned out of multifamily, hey, what should I what should I read? Yes. Who Not How. That book is really yes. fantastic as yes. well because it helped shift how we think and how we approach business and life. Yes. No, I love that one too. Awesome. This has been a great session. I know you've broken off a lot of knowledge and give, I'm sure inspired many of our listeners. For those listening, want to get in touch with you, maybe want to talk shop, talk real estate, relate to the, the mom situation. How can we get in touch with you? Yeah, they can just email me directly. It's Eileen at bonavestcapital.com. I'm happy to chat with anybody who's interested or wants to talk shop like you mentioned. Awesome. And be sure to check out their podcast. It's called How Do They Do It? It's on iTunes. I was a guest. An amazing show. I mean, like I said, almost 500 episodes under their belt. So you can learn a lot from Eileen. Even if you don't want to be a podcast host, lots of lessons learned there. So check that out as well. Thanks so much for joining us, Eileen. Thanks, Andrew. Take care. Thanks for listening in with us for another episode of the Crushing Cashflow Podcast. We have a small favor to ask of all of our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Each subscription and rating will help us massively toward our goal of helping reach as many listeners as possible each week. Thank you very much once again for listening. 
We're thrilled to have you with us as part of this journey, and we can't wait to share more of these stories with you. Stay tuned for much more to come.